Listener supported. WNYC Studios. This is Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing, my chance to talk with artists, policymakers, and performers. To hear their stories, what inspires their creations, what decisions changed their careers, what relationships influenced their work. My guest today, Ellie Kemper, is adorable. Even she's admitted that she does closely resemble Strawberry Shortcake. Most of us were first introduced to her as Erin, the eager and friendly receptionist on The Office. These days, she's the star of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix, now in its second season. Ellie Kemper says she plays exaggerated versions of herself, so you'd be correct in assuming that she is kind, optimistic, and self-effacing. Consider her theory on why she's been successful in Hollywood. I have a very um, large face that is moon-like and sort of friendly and and rube-ish. You know, I, I think I look like someone who— So it's your rubish, <laughs> moon-like face that's yeah. responsible for the career you have now. Is that what you're saying? Actually, yes, I think so, because all the characters I've played sort of play up that aspect of me. And certainly, I think I do— I do. I am sort of naturally cheerful and sunny, I think. I, I am Healthy. I think healthy, yes. Not manic. Yeah, and certainly, yeah. certainly I get bad news I've seen like manic, anyone. Yeah. Yes. And that You're is not, not I'm not manic. Thank you. Oh good. Now now it's confirmed. Maybe if I were a stand-up or something, maybe that might be, you know, different. But you didn't do stand-up. I did not do stand-up. So what was the beginning of that part of your career? Uh, the beginning of, of, of my career was in improv. So I started doing improv comedy in college, and I felt like I was good at it. And that was the first time I felt like, I can do this. This is something that I feel a connection to, and and not only do I feel a connection to it, but it's something that I want to pursue after college is over. And that's that's how I started. I started doing stuff at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York, in the People's Improv Theater. And but it started in college? Yes. At Princeton? At Princeton, yes. Where did you go to Princeton to study? English. I didn't go there to study English. I got there and decided I'll study English. But I actually played field hockey my first year. <laughs> well, I was, I was good in high school, and right. I was the captain of my team, and then I, I went to college, and I never played. I sat on the bench the whole time. And I one day worked up the courage. To, it was like Rudy to ask the coach, you know, like, Coach, you got to pull me in. Why am I not going in? And she said, because I had the tools but was having trouble building the house. Wow. <laughs> yeah. She, I never saw her take off her sunglasses. And yet you that still one. have a sunny disposition I about do. everything. I could not. People were trying to chop you down. I know. I know. But you didn't let them chop I you down. I didn't let them. No, I quit, in fact. <laughs> so you, so you, you, but you went to Princeton not knowing what you wanted to study? You, just, you decided to study English once you got there? That's right. Did you have an idea what you wanted to be or do? No, and I regret that because I think that it's so nice. If you, It's helpful if you know in middle school or high school what it is that you want to do. I think that just helps to uh, make decisions for you earlier. But you didn't know you wanted to be an actress then. That's right. You, you did four years at Princeton. Uh-huh. And graduated with a, a degree in a, English. A degree in English. And then you went to Oxford. I did. For a master's. For a master's that I did not complete. Right. But talk about— Was it in field hockey? It, no. I was like, let's give it one more go. Right. Let's I'm, just, I'm not done. <laughs> I'm not done yet. Yeah. Put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. I still, <laughs> I've still got those quads. I have very strong quads, quadriceps. Um, but I, I quit that then after a year. I went to school for a year and decided this is not satisfying. This is not—I am not an academic, okay? So that is not what I wanted to pursue. So I moved back to New York after a year. 
Wait, you're not an academic, but you went to Princeton and Oxford. Yeah, but I'm not. How'd you get into Princeton and Scot- Oxford if you're not a student? I, I got in on pluck. I'm no, pluck. I, I, no, but I'm. I'm um, Verve. How do you get in? I'm well rounded. I, I w- I'll say that. I think that I always. I, I felt like okay, well, I have strengths in different areas, so I felt like okay, oh, great, that's that's. I mean, I'm not dumb, but I, but I, but I, I'm not. Um, I just spoke at Bucknell the other day, and I was surrounded by professors. I'm like, oh, these are academics. Now, forgive me yeah. for saying this, but you, you come from a very prominent family in St. Louis. You're, I don't know. Your family's family's family, somewhere in your family, a uh, big organization, correct? Well, I'm, yeah, I, I'm trying to answer the question and not sound like a jerk. I don't know if prominent is the word. Successful. I, say, uh, uh, kind. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no. My, my, very successful business. M- yes. Right. yes so, my are you the weirdo in the family uh-huh. of the four kids? Like, anybody else in show business? Le- um, you my, told your parents you're going to go take your Princeton and Oxford degrees and go <laughs> be on TV? Whether they No! No, they on the contrary, they did not flinch. I think my dad sort of thought, oh, she'll try. In fact, he said, like, try this for a year and see what happens. Now, you know, well, actually not in your case because you were employed right away. But after a year, for most people, nothing really happens. What your first year trying to become an actor in New York City. Um, but nobody ever discouraged me from doing that. My mom is an actress. I mean, she she your she, mom is an actress. She stayed at home and raised her four children. But in high school and college, she's a performer, I guess is what I mean to say. And she was always in the college plays. She's funny. She's very funny. Both of my parents are very funny in very different ways. But uh, my mom's closer to me in terms of uh, she's more animated, I guess, and energy-wise. Um, she was Miss Adelaide in Guys and Dolls. You know, that that type of lady. <laughs> right. But they were both very supportive. And my younger sister, Carrie, is a writer um, on Silicon Valley. You and Valley. she are writing a book together. Oh. It hasn't come out yet. It hasn't come out. I have to tell you. No, we've put that on hold for now. But I, I want to return to that. But I personally want to write a book. A uh, book. Uh, Book of essays, just my own. Some, some um, nonfiction. You still write fiction. now? Yeah, uh, yes, I do. What little time you have, you write. I have a lot of time. Let's not let. Thank you. I, th- I think that's a compliment that I wouldn't have time, but I have a lot of time. So um, I've been trying to write in the meantime because I think that is something that I've been saying for ten years that I want to write a book and I haven't done it yet. When you did The Office and you came on to The Office, you're a cast edition, which is always a wonderful thing. I had that happen to myself, actually, where I was a cast edition on a on a nighttime soap yeah, opera. Yep. I did the show Knott's Landing, which was a huge hit on TV. And I came on, I was like, wow, this is great. Because all of you have done all the hard work and built this like <laughs> cathedral of soap opera. Absolutely. And I'm just going to walk in and do, do a couple of numbers here and leave. When you were cast edition on the show, how did that happen? How did they find you? Um, I met with Greg Daniels and Mike Schur, who uh, Greg Daniels ad- adapted the British show to American television, and I got that meeting through my agent um, at WME. And um, she so with WME and working a lot before. No, well, this is what had happened. I had auditioned <laughs> for Saturday Night Live. Maybe you've heard of it, mm-hmm. and I maybe you've hosted it. That many old times. chestnut. That old chestnut. And I, I auditioned. I obviously did not get the part, but I, I do. It did help to put me on, you know, people's radar. I think. So I had just signed with a manager prior to that audition, and then I got meetings with all the big agencies. So I signed with WME, and they were developing a new show, which turned out to be Parks and Recreation, which I think is what I was initially being considered for. And I even read for a character that's not in Parks and Recreation, but I think was maybe going to be. And um, and then my manager called me to say, first of all, I didn't really know it was an audition. I thought I was just, I don't know what I thought I was doing, reading a script with Greg Daniels. And then my manager told me, and he's like, look, I don't know how to say this, but you didn't get the part. And I was like, I didn't know there was a part that I was right, It's trying. okay. It's okay. <laughs> I don't know. 
sometimes they have a way of making me feel worse like than I right. do. I, yeah. I, when we tell you bad news, we want you to feel bad. Yeah. Play the part. Yeah. <laughs> Be crushed. Yeah. So then I was crushed. But then this this part of Aaron Hannon came up a few months later. And because I hadn't gotten any job on Parks and Recreation, I, of course, was available. And so uh, I auditioned for that. And that's how I got it. And this kind of like uh, in that world when you get into that wheelhouse with them and they know you, they're going to find some way. I, you know, they're, they're, or they're going to always call you when they've got something I for you. I hope so. Yeah. 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 No, that, no it, it, the introduction was the main thing. Just as as meeting Lauren Michaels was, was enormous on sure. its own. Being yeah. in a room with, oh my goodness. Yeah. Now, when you come on The Office, you started season five? Yeah, the end of season five. And you did the, the, until the end, until season Season nine. Yes, it was. Yeah, exactly. It was uh, initially written for four episodes. It was a four episode arc. And then Erin stayed on. She became the new secretary. Did you enjoy it when you did it? I, I remember it like a dream. I think I enjoyed it, but it was the same thing. I thought these guys have the train on the tracks. They've done all the hard work. Right. You get in there and you don't make a peep. You just do. That's so funny. Right. But right. it's true. It's like, uh, yeah, don't just don't make a splash. And then um, splash. And then uh, I I did enjoy it. I think the 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 very beginning was just like a little bit in shock about sure. of what was happening. Catching up. Yeah, because I was a fan of The Office, so it's surreal to be interacting with people who you've only seen on television. Right. You know. Right. Uh, but then, it, and it, especially when I look back, I'm like, that was the greatest job. It was. It was so Good nice. Show. So you come on and you keep your head low. You keep low. Keep stay low, low. Stay low. Stay low. There yeah. with all those stars of that comedy show. Absolutely. I mean that. I think that. And is, where are they now? Yeah, th- they're, they're not doing Kimmy Schmidt. They're nowhere. Oh, they're all thriving. <clears throat> yes, they are. Mindy Project's my favorite show ever. It's. I mean, other than some other television shows that both of us have worked no, on. No, but, but why do you like Mindy Project? Oh, it's so her. It's her distinctive voice. It's. 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 Uh, so supremely funny. I don't know if you watch it or not, but the lines are just like so polished and honed and hilarious. And I just think it's so unique because it's Mindy's voice. I love it. And it me and it makes me cry. So it's this very funny show. And then this last Christmas episode, I texted her, I'm like, I am in I'm in tears on the couch. It was so it's touching. It's I that's that is hard to pull off. What what did you watch when you were growing up and what was TV in your life when you were a kid? Um, do you know what? Okay, we did not I didn't watch a ton of television, in fact. We watched Seinfeld as a family. That was the show we always stopped on Thursday nights to watch, which I'm surprised because Seinfeld is a little— um it's a little risky. My family isn't— It's a little urban. Well, it's a little urban, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. I'm, all, I'm so shocked that, like, four single people on the Upper West Side would resonate with an entire country, but it did. And, um— and my family's conservative, not crazily so, but, like, I remember not knowing what, like, Elaine's diaphragm was. <laughs> I was, like, yeah. her lungs. You still don't know. I am still not entirely yeah. sure. The right. contest, I had no idea. Right. And nobody explained it or asked. So that was fine. Just, you But know. you know what it means now, don't you? I, I did uh, uh, <laughs> hot dog eating, right? It was who could eat the most hot dogs. Right. Um, I think I know what it means now. But we always watched—my sister and I always watched Letterman. Um, uh, in high school mostly because it was on later. What did your um, parents do for entertainment? Were they entertainment people? Or did your father stay home and like read the Wall Street Journal? No, no. My parents loved going to the movies. No, did. he's not a foreign affairs man. They <clears throat> loved going to the movies every Saturday. They would go to the movies. I think, and 
I, I feel like we went when it was appropriate, if it wasn't an R movie. Um, really my mother well. loves television, so she watches— um, Her share. Her share. And my dad also—they they both love television, in fact. Your dad a jock? Is he a sports guy? Yeah, he was a sports guy. Yeah. He still is. He works out every day. He's very regimented. And you have two brothers? I have two brothers. Older brother John, younger brother Billy. What do they do? John is a banker. He lives in St. Louis with his— Of course he of is. Of course he is. God bless him. Bless him. him. He has his three— Angel children who I could only he got hope. it. He no, he's got it. Those these children, he is uh, already. The bar is so high that if and when I have them, I good luck. Where would this world be without the Johns in our family? I don't know. John is like a rock. He is a very. I, he's so he's unflappable. And by the way, infinitely funnier than my sister and me, who both technically work in comedy. So, but he still wants you to give him a free subscription to Netflix when you want. <laughs> yes, exactly. He refuses to pay for it. John. It is seven ninety nine. And your other brother's what? Little uh, younger brother, not little. Younger brother Billy is about to go to. Um, he worked at Yahoo for a while, and he's going to go to Kellogg Business School at Northwestern in the fall. So the men are in business, and you and your sister are are, are in the business. Yeah, that's right. That's right. What Kurt, is she doing now, your sister? She's writing on Silicon Valley on HBO. She wrote on The Office while I was there as well. Which was your sister was writing on the show when you were on there. Isn't it? What was that like? That was incredible. My sister and I get along very well. Luckily, there's a four-year difference, and you know we would have lunch together. She she wrote. I think she joined in season six. I think maybe the sixth season, and she is so funny. And it was a. Is she jo- like a moon-faced hayseed too? No. Like you? No. No, she's. Gorgeous. She looks oh. like Audrey Hepburn. Oh, she looks like Audrey Hepburn. Actually, no. Seriously though, you just nailed it. She has dark. I never met her. Dark. I know you no, don't. She, she has raven hair. She's her face is. She's raven hair. Her her, her face is I out love of raven a. Hair. a um, a, a renaissance man. I, I'm not an academic. I, I don't know art. <laughs> but it's out of like a classical painting. She's beautiful. Where'd she go to school? She went to Stanford. My God. My gosh, I know. Everyone's so pathetic and no. stupid in your family. Well, yeah, everyone is is pretty smart, but I don't think that is, I don't think you have to go to those colleges if, if you're smart. I think plenty of smart people don't go to those colleges. When? <laughs> right? I'll let you say that. Yes, <laughs> it's true. Now, when you finished The Office, like, what was your feeling? Like, I love, when I did 30 Rock, I remember I thought to myself, it makes me kind of get choked up. I could really could oh, cry right now when oh. I say this. but Well, because it's really hit me more and more as time has gone on because it's like it was a home. Oh. It was home. Yep. Because the movie business is so gypsy-like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's so nomadic, and it oh, really right. makes me cry. And I cry a lot. But anyway, yeah, the— uh, no, I, I now, cry a lot. The, do you cry a lot? I cry a lot. I cried the other night. What happened? Um, I think it was— Oh, it was an email. It, oh, well, it was an email about plumbing <laughs> for this apartment. I started crying, but that's a different. That's an did you extreme, cry? Yeah, but it feels good, and then it's over. Wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. What was the plumbing email that made you cry? Well, it was about choosing fixtures, and you cried because because I don't know about that. I'm not an academic. I'm not a plumber. What am I? I'm nothing. I give me the lines, and I'll say. I'm not an engineer. I'm not an engineer, and I get frustrated very easily. It's always been this way. I remember crying doing homework. I don't get it, and just I get I get stressed out easily. Does your husband handle some of this stuff? My, he, oh, or do you yeah. wear the pants in the family? No, no, no. Because no. you're the star. I, oh, he's a star. You're a star. I'm not a star, but I... Oh, no, I, I know, honey. I'm more, please. I'm when, you're, when you're on my show, I mean, do me a favor. I need you to pretend you're a star right. while you're here. Perfect. Because this, yeah, this is a show where there's some quotient of stardom. Star power. Fact, we have academics who come on. Oh, I know you like, And we have people who are like in public affairs and education. and writers. But then we have people on here who are film and TV yeah. stars, and they need to kind of act like one. I need to act so like today we're going to say, I am, I am the star in the household <clears throat> and in the world. And uh, but Michael, 
Coleman is his name, my husband, and he is uh, uh, eerily calm. Not eerily, com- comfortingly calm. So he uh, is is a good uh, sort of— No, you said eerily. Don't back up. What's I know, it, why yeah, is he? What's he doing? Because ne- he doesn't— he, Is he home all day? Uh, he, no, he's no, a writer. He's a writer. Yeah, Who is he writing for now? He created the show Nathan for You, which if you haven't watched it, you would love it. It's on Comedy Central. It uh, stars this guy, Nathan Fielder, and it's basically—it's uh, sort of—he's um, a small business consultant who goes in and tells businesses how to improve their business. But his ideas are inane and crazy, and I really do think you would like it. Um, I want to be on it. You should be. Well, you can't be on it. it. It's all it's real. Over. It's all real life people. So he goes into real life people and uh, can I business. go with him? Yeah, you should. The, okay, I, I could go with him. Now we put it out there. Yeah. Okay. You, they would, that would be uh, that would be something. So to we, watch. We, 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 we're, we're dancing around why you cried over the plumbing. Yeah, email. we are because I th- well it was night, so I'm always a little more emotional at night. I'm tired from the day, <laughs> as we all are, and I get. Well, I, this is okay. Here's what I'll say. I think for a person, I think for a person, I think that I'm sort of emotional. I think I'm a little sensitive. I think that I'm a little tightly wound. For an actress, I am like the most normal. Yeah, I've ever met. You're like walking the park. Man. I am. A, no, I just mean that I don't have neuroses that are crazy, but I do cry. For example, about something. That seems too much to handle at the time. Okay, now you still haven't answered the question. Yeah, why did what, I cry? What was the plumbing issue? What what could happen plumbing-wise that would make you cry? It was a decision I had to make. Because you weren't choosing the fixtures. It, yes, it was three different fixtures had been emailed to me. And I don't notice differences between Kimmy those. Schmidt doesn't do fixtures. She does. She, it's not that she doesn't care. It's just that I don't have a strong opinion about them. And it made me— I guess the reason I cried is I was exhausted and didn't want to make another decision for the okay. day. And did you choose or your husband chose? Um, I, it still hasn't been decided. It still hasn't been decided. No. Would you like me to come over and yes, decide for please, you? Do please. Down there to this new address. Now, the 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 uh, you get out of the office, and how long is the gap from that to Kimmy? Well, in fact, this is what happened. As soon as the office was over, I filmed a pilot for NBC that did not end up going forward. It was called Brenda Forever. It was very funny. But because that did not move forward— Why do you think it didn't go forward? I really don't know because how do you—it's like throwing spaghetti at the wall. You never know what's going to stick and what's going to resonate with audiences. Frankly, I I didn't know how audiences would respond to Kimmy Schmidt. It's very weird. But so this show, for whatever reason, the network decided we're not going to push it forward, which happens all of the time. And— well, you know what? There was a threesome scene in it, an interracial threesome. Maybe that was too wild back then. It was like three years ago. You, you did this already? <laughs> the the pilot for it. You it know, it's it never a comedy. Aired. It was a comedy. It was very funny. I played a, a, a orchestra conductor, and it was and I was mean. I really liked it. You were a mean yeah, maybe orchestra that's what conductor they didn't like. who was an interracial three way. Yes, I can see clearly why I didn't get there. <laughs> this is just this is just asinine. I mean, isn't that bizarre? I mean, it, the bizarre is mild. No, term. listen, I you. I think you would think it was funny. An, it was so an interracial funny. threesome with a with a bitchy conductress, <laughs> with a bitchy maestro. She was duplicit. She was she was evil. Like she she was bad. This character. But but isn't that the new thing, anti-heroes? But what was any, the story about? What was the show about? The sh- well, it was split. It was half. <laughs> so Brenda Forever, we saw half of the show. Brenda was thirteen, and that was played by obviously not me, um, by a younger mm. actress. Mm. 
could be fun about. I could do it. The rube. Could we stretch a face a little bigger? Yeah. Let's get pie face <laughs> in there. Change your hair a little. <laughs> Change pie face's hair. Pie face will be up for it. It's a compliment. Mm. But then the other half of the show was me as an adult. So that's why it was Brenda Forever. It intercut between the young girl and the old girl. And it was so, <laughs> I really think you would like it. It was. Can I see it online? Is it no, available? No, it's nowhere. But there's DVDs of it. I'll get you a DVD. Get me a DVD. That and I Nathan for see. you. I think you would like it. That was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing that. But, you know. You did so, one episode, the pilot, that was it? That was it. That was it. Then what did you do? Then, then I thought, what do I do? My agent, Richard Whites, who is Tina's agent. He and Robert Carlick, he said the the pilot, you know that. My pilot was not going forward. He said, get drinks with Tina and Robert in New York City. Talk about. Did you? Yes. You had drinks with the two of, of them. Of course I did. So, so the first seed of Kimmy was you sit down with the two of them. Yeah. Now had how, you met either of them before? No. How you ner- never met them? No. I'd seen That's Tina. That's a pretty intimidating thing. Oh, dear. I was so nervous the whole day. I didn't know. I didn't know how to calm myself down. Yeah. I mean, I was so. Yeah. I was so. Anxious. It's like being a lawyer in front of the Supreme Court. Absolutely. Stuff. And do you do you be funny? Do you yeah. do you be smart? What do you do? You let them yeah. talk. I think that's what they don't want to talk. They, well, they're sick of talking. Yeah. It's they, they, when I'm around, when I was around them, they they were they, they weren't very talkative. You know I mean? <laughs> they wanted to write. They wanted to, they wanted to talk as little as possible that, so they can get back in the writers' well, room and write. I said, they don't want to waste their time with me. Yeah. It was they on a Saturday night. I remember. I was like, I'm taking up time on their Saturday. They just keep it. short. I would talk to them. They'd be like, Yeah, 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 great, great, sure, sure great. That, oh, sure, great. Boom. Sure, that's not the case. I'm sure they were writing. They endured me. <laughs> well, I feel like they endure me every day. So this was the beginning of the endure. I, I felt like just don't be crazy, right? Just try to be. It's same where, did thing. You have, where did you have drinks? The with Carlisle. Ooh. Ooh, and I was like, I'm gonna. Oh, well, your order. west side is heading over to the oh, east side. Oh my god! I mean, true. And 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 the uh, the thing was set up the day before. So <gasps> talk about I'm an anxious person. So I was like <gasps> hyperventilating. And then um, I thought I'll just order whatever Tina Fey orders. So I did. The first <gasps> thing I thought when she, a glass of white wine. <laughs> uh, oh, that's so funny. What well, wine? So do I. Exactly. I drink the same white wines. <laughs> You drink Gavi de Gavi? So do I. That's so great. I like Google her. Like what? That's it, so great. Yeah. Oh my gosh, what a coincidence. Um, and that was fine. You know what? I was so relieved when we when I left. I was like, well, that was fine. That was not scary. Was it fine? It was. We didn't talk about anything of substance. It was just small talk, chatter. Again, the constant nagging notion. And they knew I, who you were. They'd seen you in the office. They had seen yeah, the office. Okay. That, that's right. So and they told you they wanted you to play Kimmy. No, they they basically said we're developing a new show. We don't know what it is. But, oh, but good to have met you. You know, I think it was general introduction. Although maybe it was for something. How more soon after that did you get the script for the pilot? We met in May, and then they I met them again in July, and they pitched the actual idea to me. What'd you think? Well, I thought they were joking because the, the premise of the show <laughs> buried in a hole. I know. And I was like, and I, I have said this before, but I went home that night and again, I had to calm myself down. I was like, get in the tub. <laughs> I took a hot yeah. bath. I was like, yeah. they were pranking me. They're super smart people, but their imaginations are fucked up. That's yeah. oh, everything is, is right. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're their brilliant. Imaginations, yeah, they're brilliant. Beyond brilliant. They imagine yeah. great things. And yeah. because they're great, things. because they're great fucked up. Things. They are so brilliant. I thought for sure they're testing me to see if I'm smart enough to know that they're joking. You know, like I right. I put it well, into a mind game right away. <gasps> oh my God. I know. And then they weren't joking because that no. is the premise of the show. And then, so that was in July. And then I saw the script in October, I think. And then NBC picked it up for 13 episodes, I think. Oh, I know exactly when actually on Halloween of that year. So from Brenda Forever to Kimmy, it was about it was April to October. So that's pretty quick. So when you got you got a pilot, or did you get a couple of scripts first? It's pilot only. Pilot only. Then we waited, even though it had been ordered for 13. Okay. So we, we shot it the following spring and then waited four months and then shot the rest in August. And that was then that was filming. And as you season. were shooting it, you were like, oh, God, this is so insane. 
insane. And also, and so they. Brought- but did you realize that in order for that to work, this is the funny thing. Yeah. See, because if everybody's cynical, yeah. Like sometimes, did you have to like hang out with people at uh, UCB, and in order to fit in, pretend you were more cynical than you really were? <gasps> oh. Like, would they say, like, really cynical things and put people down? You were like, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. He's a douche. You have to hide <laughs> pie face under a basket. You, won't see you do, but see, the problem with pie face is that it, it's it's always with me. So it is hard. If I say he's a douche, are you going to take me serious? Like, are you going to be like, oh, yeah, she means it? Probably not. Yeah, so yeah. that's the problem. It's like yeah. you have bright red you hair. You are pie face. I am pie face forevermore. So, like, trying to say something it's like— It's like being Mickey Rooney. <laughs> yes. This is not, what can you do about it? You can't. Just go with so, it. So you embrace it. So so there is, I don't know. I think, yeah, I can't get away with that. So you I get there, so, so you get there to do the show, and I and again, I'm not saying this. You realize this is one of those things, the brilliance of the show, because I've watched a lot of Kimmy lately, is that it, it is your tone and your warmth, and that helps. Well, I was trying because not to could, interrupt you because I didn't want to interrupt the host, but that is much more credit than is due. Thank you very much. Right. I think the writing, of course, as it was on your show, we owe them is so— You owe them— You owe them everything. You don't need to dress up anything because the lines are handed to you yeah. pristine, not a—I yeah. not a. I was about to say not a hair We're on We're lucky. It. Yes. We're lucky. Very—oh, I think about that all the time because yeah. there's so many— dopes out there and you would take a job whatever you would you would take a lot of jobs to make money to to earn a living to keep working but then you get to work on this job which is truly the genius minds of comedy so it's it's extraordinary now the show is you did two seasons yeah and you're going to go into a third season you got picked up for a third season yes what did you do in the time in between the two what have you been doing um i'm not like you not writing the book obviously not right i I'm not as industrious as my bosses are. So they, Tina went off and made a movie. Robert went off and wrote that. You know, they, they me, I feel like I, it felt like the press took up a lot of the time in between. I felt like, and Titus and I, brilliant Titus Burgess, who plays Titus on the show, we talk about this. We're like, I have spent more time talking about the show than we spent filming it. It's, but that's promotional requirements have now become absurd. So so in between, you did a lot of press. I truly feel, I want to ask you about Letterman, but I'm, Gonna ask that later, I guess. But well, I, ask me now. Go ahead. well, I just want to ask: like, would you ever say you were a guest? You were one of his favorite guests, right. of course. And would you ever say that was a pleasure for you? I'm assuming, like that, you didn't think of that as work. That or, was no, no, that was not a, a chore at all. That was fun. Now, would you get? Would you feel like I need to make these stories really good? Like, would you feel nervous at all? Oh or no? God, yes. Well, you know, he's a. Uh, he never hid the fact that he was restless. Yes. He's a very restless man. Yes, yes, and yes. He was very, and I don't say that as a pejorative. He was very restless. Mm-hmm. He leaned over to me one time and said, oh, God, I can't tell you how much I want to thank you when you come here because sometimes this just is, is really tough. Oh, it must be. Yeah. Meaning people come on and he has to pretend they're special. Oh, you And, you, and yep. you're hard-pressed to, to, yeah. to identify yeah. why they're special. Well, he must have looked forward to, I mean, someone who is just going to The people that were, have a conversation who could talk and he were good guests for him, yeah. he really looked forward to coming. And he was very kind to me, very kind. Well, of course he was. Super kind. My me. very favorite thing, though, is when—, when someone goes on the show who you can just tell from the start he doesn't like and he does not I think he got better at this as time, yeah. I mean but he leaves me critiquing me. David Letterman I just mean that he he put on a a, a a face I guess a polite face more often like later on but when Starlets who he just didn't care about would right. come on he just 
He, he, left, he, let, he let them hang out to dry. Yes, which bit. is great. So during the break in Kimmy, you only did promotion. I, really, <laughs> I honestly feel like all I did was promotion. You didn't and do a movie. That's not, I did not do a movie. Did I? No, I didn't. I, and that's wow. not. Wow. I know. Wow. What an arrogant show business card that was to turn over. Did oh. I do a movie? No, no, I no, my mind. no that's oh yes, I did that movie. See, I'm a star. I, did, oh my God, I do I'm a so star. many movies. I can't. Let I me toss that. my Angelina, long Angelina hair. and I, my raven <laughs> no, hair. No, the only reason let's, I said let's, let's try that again. Did you do a movie? I did not. Okay, that was the correct answer. Now, did I? The, the reason yeah. I question my memory is so bad. I'm 35. There's no reason for my memory to be hazy. It is so bad that I couldn't remember if I Joan had or not. Joan Crawford Kemper. <laughs> did I do a movie? I don't oh, remember. No. I was on Adnan Khashoggi's so yacht for so oh long. Oh, my gosh. You can count the number of movies I've done on one hand. So I couldn't rem- – I don't know. What's but- the goal when you finish uh, uh, the show? Okay. I like balance. And I realize that – like, I, I, I crave that now at, at this stage. I don't know if that's good or bad. I thought I was, like, a driven person. <laughs> and then I met Tina and Robert. And I'm like, oh, I am, I am not as uh, hardworking as I thought I was. But Ellie Kemper is just about to start working harder. She and her husband, Michael, are expecting their first child. Explore the Here's the Thing archives, where Kristen Wiig talks about breaking her fans' expectations. The audience very quickly puts you in a folder. like They know you how they first knew you. I'm Kristen from SNL, or a comedic actress, and... People are always so surprised when I want to do dramatic stuff. Really? Yeah. Like, you really want to do that? Take a listen at heresthething.org. This is Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. My guest today is actress Ellie Kemper, the star of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt now in its second season on Netflix. Ellie plays a former cult member looking to restart her life after being held for 15 years in an underground bunker. Both Kimmy and Ellie appear to have an eternal optimism that lifts them above all the obstacles in their path, or almost all of them. I have a problem limiting ice cream intake. That's so dorky. That's just so such a gross. When you say response. problem limiting ice cream intake, I will are you eat, at like a Brando level or you're at my level? I, I wasn't I at a Brando t- level. <laughs> you were? Did you, I wasn't you, at Brando level. Oh, you okay? But, but you know he was an ice cream addict. No, I didn't know that. He would that. pull into Gelson's I, and go into the parking lot and eat a half a no, gallon of ice cream. Oh why yeah, are you, why, in the car. Why am yeah. I just learning this now? I, okay. I really don't know. I don't know I'm, I'm stunned that you're that I'm out of it in terms of if you <laughs> say you, you say you have an ice cream problem. Was Brando? A, yeah. I didn't. I, yeah. You would think I would have connected with yeah. other. I, yeah. I can't. He was the Charles Bukowski of ice cream. Oh, he was like I really, have no yeah. idea. I can't. I can't start a pint without finishing it. That's just like a pint. Okay. Now I had a period of my life, and I did get really sick from this. I gained a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. I found that I was pre-diabetic. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh. you're, you're 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 so fit and you're so no. trim, and you never work out. Probably do you? Do you ever I work, work out? out every day. You do. I, have I thought to it was just my, like a St. No, Louis thing. Brain. I think I'm from St. Louis, <laughs> and we're just naturally damnable. We're naturally yeah. whippity. We're hearty whippity. We're hearty whippity pie-faced <laughs> people. I eat a pint of ice cream at night. Yeah. I come home at the end of the day, yeah. and it was my reward. And I was stressed yeah, out. Right. Yes. And I would turn on the uh, the, the TV. I uh, watch Turner Classic movies yeah. or oh, cable yeah. news or yep. something. I recognize that experience so closely because it is my own. I justify it to myself. I'm like, well, it be- it's, is better than 
Jim Beam. It is better than drug. I mean, but it is a drug like any other. It is. You What's your favorites? It. My favorites. My very favorite is Ben and Jerry's. But that is because they're so readily available at like? every bodega. The Tonight Dough. That's the tonight, that, dough. The tonight Dough is what it's called. Uh, Maricone Dream. Now I'm only naming late night hosts, but I do like those flavors a lot. And just cookie dough. And then for Haagen-Dazs, it's just vanilla chocolate chip, which went off the market for a while. Can you imagine? Like, My favorite when you were really, I knew I would really cross the line. When one time I went to an ice cream place and I had three scoops of ice cream and a vanilla shake to wash it down no! with. I've been there. I said I couldn't make up my mind. I said I'll have both, but, and I deserve it. Damn it! Yes, you do. Well, see, that's the thing. I work hard. I remember there's a scene in Miss Congeniality, and Sandra Bullock's like, "It's time to get chip faced," and she's talking about <laughs> drowning her. One of the great lines of all cinema. It's time to get she's chip-faced. drowning her sorrows in mint chocolate chip. And I will come into work the next day, and Liliana and Ariel, who I work with, on, do my hair and makeup on the show. I will walk in, and I'll be like. I'm a little bloated today, like my in my face. Yeah. It's not wine. It's not whiskey. It's, it's, it's I'm chip faced. I'm I'm, chip- I'm hungover from ice cream. <gasps> what does your husband do? He's weirdly disciplined. He will he? he will eliminate sugar for months at a time. Is that weird? And then he'll go back to it. And God. but when he starts, he can't stop. His thing is he loves licorice, which is somehow. I mean, I hate he, him. he has very um, old man. Like he likes sour candies. Yes. Like a like Where a is hard he from? candy. He grew up on the beaches of San Diego, but he is not. A beach bum. Yeah. He's he's very indoor kind of guy. Um, we met because he wrote on Conan O'Brien when he, Conan used to be here. So he's like a very bookish type. <laughs> I miss Conan. Oh, I miss Conan. What's Conan doing? He's I, out there. He's in out LA. there in L.A. Doing Conan and Letterman. Oh, that's what I would watch if you're if while I was drown. It, it was so pleasant to eat a pint of ice cream and watch David Letterman and let the day <laughs> melt away. And now I can't watch him anymore. So I, so I just eat the ice cream in I the dark. I just eat the ice cream. Yeah, I watch reruns of Letterman. <laughs> I'm not kidding, though. I do. Get when, the Dick Cavett box set. I need to get that. I'll get that. I'm only recently discovering Dick Cavett, like his shows. And uh, my gosh, his show's so fantastic because they're, they're just talking. Yeah. I mean, talk about nothing going viral. Different, different style. Yeah, totally different, time, different style. Different time. Yeah. Now, so okay. when the show is over, and it's not going to be over for a while, I'm assuming you're going to do this for a little while longer. I hope. But when the show is over— Especially people in comedy land, when the New York gig ends, try as they might, they get out of here and they go to L.A. Do you see yourself going to L.A. to live? I would like to avoid going back to L.A. Why? Because I get depressed there. I, I realized that recently, even though my sister, my gorgeous sister, you'd think she would light up the whole city for me with her beauty. But I—she lives there, but I— I get—when uh, I'm not working there, I, it's depressing to me. I can't figure it in out. In a way that's different here. Yeah. Because I feel the same way. The whole time I was in L.A., I was working for the office. And I then get depressed when I'm there. I get—it it fills me the minute I land. In New York, you are depressed in a different—it's like a very invigorating way. You know, you're angry instead of being low. You know, you're frustrated and you're crying, but in, and it's like full of passion. In yeah. L.A., I just feel like—I'll think— Ellie, it's a gorgeous day. It's 75. Go for a walk. The walk depresses me because no one is walking. I know. know. When you lived there, you you shot uh, The Office where? In Van Nuys. A studio. I don't think it had a name. Yeah. We were an abandoned place where they used to put dry cleaning chemicals there. That's exactly where we were. Where they put perk. (laughs) Yep. Where did you live? Hollywood and Highland. No. That's right on Hollywood Boulevard. You lived like right above like a record store or something. Oh, it was horrifying. We moved there because... I felt like, oh, this is like New York. It's a high rise. You bought into that whole facade. Oh right? yeah, the guy next to yeah. us. This had, is Bleecker Street. Yeah, that's literally. I was like, this will be, this will be hopping. The guy next to us, our neighbor had an ankle monitor, which I didn't, and we never <laughs> knew what it was for. One night, I came home, and he's like, "Come on, just be a good sport." And the girl's like, "That hurts," and he's like, "It's just a taser." 
<laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. Mm. But when you when you leave there and you go to New York, it's just much it's just easier. You know what I mean? I think everything here in New yeah, York. Yeah, it's is just easier. easier to I think everything well, for for someone now I'm not but for someone like you who is very recognizable, uh very prominent, you must have trouble going places. I would imagine in in New York it's somewhat easier. I feel like people don't want to be caught recognizing you. I'm, LA I'm is easier because you're in a car. Well, see, it's a different situation. New York has changed too. Well, New York has changed too because people are not as they're not as cool as they used to be. Well, everyone has a phone. Yeah, and if and someone asks you, and I have only done this look, people and are you not say no. people are not clamoring for my photo. But if they do ask, they will ask at like the gym or something when you're sweaty. You yeah. just you look terrible. Yeah. I said this once. I said, I'm so sorry. I look disgusting. Would you mind if we don't do it? And she goes, no, you're fine. I'm sorry. And like lifted her phone to take it. And I can only imagine that this is to the 5,000th yeah. degree with you. But I said, I started to say, but you're not sorry. But I didn't say that. Yeah. But I wanted to. Now, Kimmy Schmidt. Yes. So John Hamm played the head of the cult. Yeah. And it, and that only appeared in the show in flashbacks. So mm-hmm. You flashback to Kimmy. He does come on at the end. There's a trial. And he, <laughs> as, uh, I know. And do you, and talk about the only person who could have played it. Sure. He is so—okay, so you're describing this guy who presumably raped these women. He kidnapped them. He's a sinister figure. Then who, whose face do you attach to it? John Hamm. John Hamm. Well, that lightens it the works, load. Yeah. yeah, it works. And so for so, whatever reason, you watch this guy and you don't feel disgu- You don't feel disgusted. I mean, it's this—I don't know how to describe it. I've described—John Hamm's from St. Louis, which is where I'm from. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you something, which I always— feel like John Hamm must be sick of me mentioning this. He went to my high school. He's 10 years older than I am. And he came back and taught high school for a year. Um, he taught our theater class. No. Is that crazy? Did you teach theater class with him? Yes. I took one semester. He he taught me the improv portion of, of our class. Is but that then crazy? The, but then the wheels turn, and eventually John Hamm comes back and teaches acting at your class. And then he's guesting on your on show, baby. Show. That's right. Don't you forget it, John Hamm. But John Hamm. Make it John quick. John who? I, I may or may not have a movie to shoot. <laughs> Can I tell you, filming with him, that was so intimidating. Because he is, you always retain that he dynamic. It. Talk about crying. There's a scene in the bunker where I really did feel like, oh, it's John Hamm. And like, I was so, it was so powerful to me that I who normally can't cry in scenes, I started crying. Now, the character of your father has mm-hmm. never been on the show, has he? He has not been on he the hasn't. show. Or even like a weird uncle. I could come and play your weird uncle. I'd love to come on and play your weird uncle. Will you email them? Yeah, well, I've already told them. Okay. I told Carl like okay. that. Okay, good. Now, number two, yeah. um, who do you take advice from? Oh, oh, I take a lot of advice from my husband. You do? Oh, he's— You trust his opinion. 289 You're sharp. Percent. He is very wise. Now, why 289 I don't know. <laughs> I kept going up and up. I was like, more than 100. That's pi divided That's by exactly. the number of my birthday. He and I have our own little handy formula. Why did it come out to that? I wanted to I up love it. it. I wanted to up it That's from 100. Book. That's the name of my I wanted to up it. Will Michael, you give him Michael is very, um, as I've described, he hates it when I describe him as calm, but he just has a very level head. In fact, I think he would be a good manager, to be totally honest with you. I'm talking about a show business manager. He's just smart. In that way. Um, but people will ask, and I'm, I don't know, well, they didn't ask you this, but people in press interviews will say, what is the best advice Tina has ever given you? Well, as Tina you know. Tina gave me a lot of advice. Oh, she did? Oh, I mean, indirectly. I mean, Tina, That's what yeah, I mean. Tina can tell you privately that the first year I was on that show, I annoyed them so much because I tried so hard to be funny. 
on camera and off camera. I tried to keep up with them. But and you, there are people who, like Tina Carlock, Bird at all of them, Regie, everybody who was running for the show back then, Volley, uh, Tracy, Paul Appel. They're funnier on their worst day than I'm on oh, my best day. Well, they're me, just eighth-degree black belt oh, oh, ninjas. That's, you know, I, that al- I always feel like I'm they're like, because Tina will come into the makeup room. I'll be telling some uh, just endlessly boring story about the laundry machines in my building. Some just, and I'm like, I. It's the same thing. I'm like, don't stop wasting her time. Stop telling this story that's excruciating. And then she says one thing that's funnier yeah. than than anything. You know, well, yeah, that's very obvious. She's. She's very funny. She's so funny. <laughs> she's so funny. It's not as though she sits down and, and imparts wisdom. You no. just learn, or I learn so much. I learned a lot by from her, her and Carla. The one thing I want to ask you is when the opportunity presents itself, do you see yourself working in a drama at all and doing any dramatic films? I think I have it in me. So but do I. I. I don't know if that's something that I want to do. I think that transition is hard, don't you? You, you, I think you, it would be a mistake if you didn't. Really? Yeah. What do you think of the idea that people come to know you in a certain way and come to expect you? And you help them to know you in both ways. Yeah. Because didn't you think it was interesting to see Tina do whiskey tango? She can do it. Do you ever feel like you want to try that yourself? The pause alone speaks volumes. <laughs> I think that that would be— I, I, Do you know what the thing is that I feel like when I'm being serious, people laugh. <laughs> is that horrible? Maybe we've just stumbled on something. Where I, I feel like if I were to be— uh, I don't know. I would have. <laughs> I, think, I could think, try think, it. Think about it. I'll think about it. Think about it. Because you want to. I think you can do anything. It's, it's it's work. I should do it. I should after Kimmy ends. After Kimmy, yeah, you, well, you, you don't want to. Yeah, you want. <laughs> you, you can't mix those two. Just stay in the Kimmy zone. I think you gotta stay in the Kimmy zone. You can watch Ellie Kemper in the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix. I'm Alec Baldwin. And this is Here's the Thing from WNYC Studios.